folks, this is Matt, producer for Munglish. Excited to bring you another segment of Munglish Shorts as we continue to work on season three. For those of you who don't know, Munglish Shorts is a segment we created to give you some extra content in between full episodes. These were all recorded over the summer with our previous co-host, Gia Vang, and they are meant to capture the thoughts and opinions of everyday Hmong people out and about as they live their lives. All these interviews were recorded at Mungtown Marketplace in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is a hotspot for Hmong culture in the Midwest. Today's episode features three Hmong teenagers who have a lot of wonderful things to share about their culture, and we're so excited to give them a chance to speak. As always, please be aware that this was recorded during a busy time at the market, so there is a bit of background noise. Also, when speaking to these three teenagers, we gave each of them a mic. We did not have a fourth mic for Gia. She only speaks in the beginning. So she is in the background asking the questions. You can't really hear her that well, so I will be stepping in as her replacement, and the questions will be coming from my voice. Okay, here's the clip. Enjoy. So thank you so much for stopping and chatting with us. And I would just love to get your first and last name, each of you. Hi, so my name is Yuping Moa. Hi, my name is Michelle Bay. And my name is Sean Tao. So how do you guys all know each other? Uh, we all know each other through dance, actually. So some of us have been dancing for 12 plus years. And, you know, through dance, like we've all just met each other and kind of like connected. And, you know, we all, we've all just become like a little bundle of like family in a community. So, yeah, that's how we all met. And this isn't just any kind of dance, right? What kind of dancing are you doing? Um, so what we do in terms of dancing is uh, we do a lot of traditional Hmong dancing. So in terms of Hmong dancing, we also do Chinese and we also branch out to like Eastern Asian dances. So like Mongolian dances, Chinese dances and Thai dances. So we just we just don't stick to one category. We also branch out to a lot of uh, our Asian cultures also. How did all of you get into dancing? All of us met through a, a lot of different studios, so we just like, oh, you dance studio? Oh, I dance here too. So we basically just like made friends. Yeah. Well, started from maybe I started through my sister. She started first and danced. So then after I saw her dance, that's when I, I decided I wanted to, to. And then throughout the years of dancing, as you learn from other people, you make, you make a lot of new friends. So I made a lot of friends with them. So. What was the thought process when deciding to learn how to Hmong dance versus other types of dance? Well, for me, like, um, uh, my si- older sisters were dancing and, you know, as an Asian parent, watching, going to, like, the, um, Hmong Yee at River Center every year, and I guess, like, they just kind of pushed and forced us into dancing at first, but after a while, you know, you kind of start enjoying it, also just start enjoying the community in general, so that's, that's for me, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And how about you, Michelle? Why did you want to start with Hmong dancing? Oh, you know, all those beautiful clothes, you know, all those beautiful beads and the colors. I was just like, I'm going to be on the stage one day. Yep. <laughs> and how about you, Sean? I say I do see the passion within it, too. So that kind of made me curious and want to explore into it. So I say I did, did have a lot of experience on it. And then also I helped choreograph for them, too. So. so you've been doing this for a long time. 
Do you feel obligated to keep dancing because it's a part of your culture? Or have you grown to really appreciate it for what it is? Um, I mean, for me, like, at first, you know, I did it just for, like, you know, just to be on stage, just to, like, follow the trend, as uh, my parents would like to say. You know, since all my friends were dancing, all my sister's friends were dancing, they were like, you know, you might as well dance. Like, you know, that's the trend of the Hmong uh, Hmong community nowadays. But as, you know, dancing, and as, like, I've been continuing dancing for 12 years now, it's just kind of like, you know, you kind of just start to like dancing in general and just have a passion for it. There's no, like following the trend anymore or following what your parents have to say so that's just my perspective of it yeah and how about you michelle do you dance because you think it's an obligation or do you dance because you love it um it's uh, both yeah oh yeah but my mom she asked me i, I think you should dance because you'll be the first one dance in the family you know and uh, so basically right now i started to have cousins or start dancing and my little sister too at this point Sean stepped in and commented on how dancing brings him closer to Hmong culture. I say it does help you connect with, with them more too because especially when making outfits wise you tend to study more on like kind of hard to say study more on how it is made and the patterns and what it represents for those for it to be something like that. <laughs> so what do you love about being Hmong? What I love about being Hmong is that although we all have like, you know, different last names, uh, we're all still one big community. So even if like, no matter how far you are, where you are in the world, like we're all one family connected through our culture. So that's just one of the most important things that I love about being Hmong. Oh, what I love being Hmong is the food, definitely. And uh, yeah. Um, I say rather being Hmong or not, I say we all still treat each other like family. So regardless of what race we are or something, we're just going to help each other out. And that's how I say we are. Do you speak Hmong? Yes, we speak Hmong. (laughs) Do you speak to each other in Hmong a lot or not really? Um, Not all the time, but here and there. Yeah. Did your parents speak Hmong to you growing up? And did they encourage you to speak Hmong? Yep, yep. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, growing up, my parents were always kind of like, you know, when you, you even though you're, you're, you live in America, you're an American citizen, you know, you have to learn Hmong to be Hmong. So, it's just kind of like, I guess that's, what, that's the way it goes. Even though you mostly speak English, do you think it's important to keep speaking and preserve the Hmong language? I say mainly for, you know, it's kind of like as generation changes. I say it, it is will be hard since kids like for I'm just gonna bring an example like kids in America since they're learning more English now so it's more like the older parents will have to kind of adapt to it too and it's kind of hard maybe to maintain both especially when they go to school learning English and then come back home and do Hmong it might be too much for them especially starting at a young age but I think it's mainly just as long as it's been quality time I think that's how um, we shouldn't lose our something like that. <laughs> that's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yep. Do you think there is a loss of culture if you don't know how to speak Hmong? I mean, not technically. I mean, like, there are, like, you know, in our generation, the younger generation, we would call our friends, like, you know, if you don't know Hmong, you're like a whitewashed Hmong kid, right? But um, it's not really much like whitewashed Hmong kids. It's just more of, like, you know, it's either, you know, they didn't have that parent support or if not, like, you know, some parents, they even, 
they don't even have parents, you know. Some people don't even have parents, so it's just kind of like you know, in terms of learning your culture and your like language, it's just everybody learns differently. Yep. Going into the future, how will you continue to preserve your Hmong culture? Um, for me, it's through dance. Like definitely, dancing makes me feel Hmong, and also it just rep like it's just. Literally, it just represents my whole life as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really very does. true. As a yeah. dancer, I mean, that yeah. could be towards all of us. Since yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mainly, we do compete at New Year's. We do yeah. learn a lot. Yeah. Of like, how do I say? Like more. I don't know how to explain. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain, but I think throughout the years, because we continue dance, it does help us reach out more in the within the Hmong community because we're performing like just you know typical other asian dances and then it helps them to kind of see besides monk dancing what's out there too oh and by the way give a shout out to your dance company um so we are from unity dance company um we have two teams three teams actually so we have a team called obsidian onyx amolites and then we also have a little team called cyprins 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 yep yep yeah <laughs> yes Okay, well, is there anything else you want to add? Um, no, that's pretty much all, yeah. Hey, yeah, thank you. Yes. Hey, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. We plan on publishing more of these whenever we don't have a formal Munglish episode. Remember, if you like the show, subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Feel free to leave us a five-star review and tell us what this show means to you. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at MunglishPod. And we continue to work on the YouTube channel. I apologize for not being super current on that, but we do our best with the limited staff that we have. As always... Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.